and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I am your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I bring you interviews of female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Marite of Crazy Happy Casa. Um, I have been following her for a little while now. You know, I'm trying to remember. I think I found her through uh, Monica of House of Esperanza's uh, network. Um, but I am so glad that I did find her because she's just, I don't know, she brings some really great DIY like home renovation tips and just brings a lot of joy to my feed uh, as I'm scrolling through. So I really appreciate uh, following along with her. And it was great to get to know more about her story and um, understand why and how she's bringing in her like bilingual side and everything. So I know you're going to uh, enjoy this interview just as much as I did. And uh, yeah, before we get started with Marite, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the Revolution Pod Squad over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette at 513 Woodworks. Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefty's Wood, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio Obey, Lee, The Rainbow Carver, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support, helping to produce two episodes a week every week. If you would like to get your name added to this list, you most certainly can. Please head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution. Check out the tier levels, no matter what tier you choose, your name will be added to this list. And I will thank you and mean it from the very depths of my heart every time I say it. And on that note, I also want to say, you know, I missed you guys. There was no new episodes last week. I was out of town traveling for the job job. And so now I'm back and so happy to be bringing you new episodes again this week. All right, with no further ado, here is Marite of Crazy Happy Casa. <laughs> um, but if you're ready, we can hop into it. Sure, let's, let's go for it. All right. Well, as you know, I like to have my guests uh, introduce themselves. Would you do that for me? Sure thing. So I'm Marite. I, sometimes it's kind of hard to pronounce Marite. My, my, I've mentioned uh, probably a couple weeks ago on my Instagram that my actual name is not Marite. It's Maria Teresa. That's, that's the name my parents gave me. But all my life, everyone has called me Marite. So it's funny when people find out like after months or years of knowing me that that's not my real name they it's it's, it's a it's a funny funny anecdote I have with my husband but yeah Marite I live in the Houston area I was born and raised in Peru um but moved here a while ago when I was 18 um and I've been woodworking since last year but I would say that I've been like crafting and DIYing for as long as I can remember um, it's been a big part of my life, so I'm, I'm happy that now it's kind of like taking a turn and becoming something else that I've, I'm really passionate about. So it's very excited to see it turn into like this beautiful thing that it's becoming right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to start by asking a pretty broad question, which is, you know, I mm. want to know, I want to know your story. I mean, you mentioned you uh, were born and raised in in Peru so let's I guess start there like what was your what was your childhood like what were the things uh we could find you doing you know when you weren't in school and stuff yeah so like I said I, I was born in Peru I'm from the north of Peru um so I would say I, would, I was talking to my husband this morning about the interview and like kind of time not you know looking at what made me take the path that I took you know so I remember when I was little, I would like throw parties for like my stuffed animals and like for my dolls and, and I would go big, you know, it's, it wasn't just like a, like a pretend party. I would try to like invite the little, like the neighbors, 
and my cousins and like throw like a party, you know, for my for my dolls and I mean dolls and toys and whatever. So I I noticed that ever since then that was like something big in me. I've always been into like crafting and like DIY making things, like even making dresses for my dolls or like little furniture for my little toys. I've always been like that. So that was that was a big part of me. I wasn't the big like outgoing kid that like rode around on my bicycle throughout the neighborhood. No, I I would I was a pretty chill kid, I would say. I would stay at home and play with my toys and like build stuff for them. So that that was my childhood. And then um growing up, I would my my daddy's a doctor. So um growing up you would imagine that as a doctor, he would have said, you know what, something broke, I'll pay for someone to fix it. No, he was very adamant on fixing things himself. Like he liked to find a way, you know. Um, So growing up, I saw that. And I think that kind of like became part of me, like trying to figure out how to fix things, how to make things better. So growing up, like like I said, I, I fell in love. I moved to the U.S. at 18 to be with my now husband. Um, we were broke by then, <laughs> so we didn't have any money. We we used to love like going on, um, going to look at garage sales and buy stuff for whatever we could afford. Um, I remember we bought one time we we bought a, a dresser. We rented a sender. We sended the whole thing. It was hard. <laughs> it was. I mean, we didn't have any tools. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up not finishing it. But ever ever since then, we've had that like love for like doing things ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, now moving forward, of course, we went to college, we graduated, we had a little more money. So we started like buying one tool here, one tool there and started like DIY and things, um, from like making a frame for an artwork that we liked or like sending like a, uh, I don't know, a, a garage sale fine, uh, fine and, and just making it work for us. So it, it progressed that way, but even even until that point, my main passion, I would say, was like crafting. Um, when I had my daughter eight years ago, I loved to make like things for her. So it started getting bigger when I when she when she turned one, and I started throwing parties for her. I like to go big. I don't know if you've uh, looked through my Instagram. Like every yeah. year, I I kind of post. Big. I like to like go go big, and it doesn't mean like spending a lot of money I like to find ways to make it big but on a budget like doing things myself like I I try to like make this big impact wall with like lots of balloons and colors and so that that started like shifting my my crafting into something new which was like the crafting for like birthday parties and like little details for my kids so that became like that bigger side of me and then in 2017, I stopped working. I, I used to work for an oil and gas company. We, we, we were both in the oil and gas industry here in Houston. That's, that's something big. Um, but when I had my, my son, my second child, uh, we decided that I was going to stay at home with them. Like after having my daughter, I felt like I missed a lot of her like growing up, like the milestones. So we knew that whenever we had our second, I was going to stay at home. So it was a matter of finding the time, like when, when are we going to finally pull the trigger and have another kid? So finally we decided it was time. And by uh, 2017, I I left my corporate job. It was, I mean, it was working perfectly, but I still felt like there was something missing, you know I mean? Because you stop working and then all of a sudden you kind of lose a little bit of the purpose that you had. Like you, I, I used to wake up every day, get ready, go I had clear goals and then all of a sudden I was staying at home with my kids. Yes, my goal was to keep them alive, but <laughs> <laughs> but I needed something else, you know. And finally last year with the, with the pandemic, we were here at home, nothing to do, you know. I mean, yes, my, my daughter was at school, I mean, online, but I just needed something. So one day I was doing laundry. And I was like, oh, I'm tired of this laundry. I'm, I'm sick of like, it's always a mess and I need to do something. Now, my husband has been into woodworking for years now. Like I said, back like many years ago, um, he started buying tools. That was his hobby, but he works corporate. So he doesn't have the time 
to to build stuff, to make stuff. So I felt kind of bad, like on his weekends, asking him to build something for like, for me, you know, even though it was his hobby, he wanted to do other things on his weekends, like spend time with us or do whatever he wanted and not like have a honeydew list, mm-hmm. like from me, you know. So um, last year I said, you know what, I'm tired of this laundry room. It's always a mess. I need to organize it. I'm going to build something. Can you please teach me, um, show me how to use the saw? And he's like, are you, I mean, are you sure? I mean, you have to be sure. You have to be careful. I I, I need you to have all your 10, 10 fingers. <laughs> so, so I said, you know what, I'll do it. I know I can do it. And that's something about me, you know, like even for forever for like ever that I can remember my mom has said that I've always had like whatever I put my mind into I go for it so this time it was the same I was like I know I can do it and mark my words that I will I will build something like a built-in or something so he's like fine I'll teach you and then you'll go from there because someone needs to watch over like take care of the kids so I'm like okay so last year, around Father's Day, he taught me how to use um, the saw. Like, uh, he, I think he taught me how to use the table saw and the jig. No, the jigsaw. Yeah, the jigsaw. I can't remember, but a couple of saws, you know. Mm-hmm. So from there, I went. I um, got my lumber from Lowe's because we have one right around the corner. You, you should. I mean, seeing me would have been comical because I was like <laughs> this, like five, five feet three. Um, uh, this like lady just trying to live this big piece of sheet of plywood <laughs> it was comical but you know what the good thing is that there's always people looking at me and saying oh what is this lady doing and they come and offer help <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I feel like I feel like you know like they think that I can't do it so I'm like no I don't need help I can do this but sometimes I know that I need to like okay Marite you do need help so let them help you so they came and helped me I came and used the saw and like, it took me, I would say like a couple of months, Mm -hmm. but I did it and it was beautiful. And it was like my big first big project that I built. I was so proud of it because I mean, if you look at it, I still go in there and I can't believe I built that being my first Mm -hmm. um, woodworking project. Like I didn't start small. I started big. So it's always like amazing to me how, you know, like, we can do hard things. You know, it's something that I always tell my daughter, for example, when we're like practicing math and she's like, oh, this is so hard. And I'm like, baby, I know it's hard. I like, I, I acknowledge that it's hard, but at the same time, I tell her, I know you can do hard things. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something very important that I want my kids to see, not only hear, but also see. We can do hard things. So I think that became big part of like myself this, in this last, um, year of like woodworking and DIYing it's not easy it's not easy being a woman being smaller than the things you're trying to lift (laughs) but we can do it (laughs) yeah um that's um that's something I I listen to like you know my favorite one of my favorite people over the pandemic has become Glennon Doyle and that's her whole thing um and she has a Mm -hmm. podcast called we can do hard things um yeah <laughs> I love that phrase I, yeah. I I don't know where I heard because I, I remember hearing it somewhere mm-hmm. but we can do hard things that's something I don't know that became ingraining me because it, like I said my mom always said that I went for it when I put my mind into something I went for it that's something I teach my kids yes it's hard like I, I acknowledge that it's hard but we can do hard things mm-hmm. yeah exactly. so I, it, I love that phrase Yes, I know. I, I tell my kids that too. And usually I just get a look, but sometimes it's hard. And it's like when someone, when someone comes and tells you, yeah, you can do hard things. I'm like, okay, come do it then. Yeah, come do it right. for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, did you, when you came to the States, did you come to the States for you said you came uh, and, and married your husband here. Did you come, though, too, for, like, college here? Was that part of the plan? Oh. Okay, so that wasn't the plan initially. So I met him when I was, like, 12 years old. He was 13. Um, we were both in, well, in, 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 I think it's the whole South America. We have elementary and we have high school. It's not like oh. we don't have three uh, schools like we do here in the States. So it's, like, six years and five years. Um, so I met him when I was um, 
on my my beginning of my secondary um school like high school I I, I say I would say um so yeah we we were friends we had a crush on each other but we didn't do anything he moved to the U.S. with his family because his dad has always worked for like construct big construction corporations mm-hmm. so they moved him not only around the uh, around Peru but at one point they moved him to the U.S. with his whole family okay. so that was that I, we stopped talking maybe online once in a while and then all of a sudden in 2004 he went to visit and we started dating mm-hmm. um we were very young we were like I was 15 years old we started dating and then it, it uh, turned into a long distance relationship he went there whenever he had summer break over here and then I would come to visit same when I was on summer break and then in 2007 we decided you know what we want to be together we we uh, we we were tired of like this long distance relationship but we loved each other so I don't know how the stars aligned and I convinced my dad to or my parents I guess to let me come here to go to college so after like a lot of back and forth, they said yes. And I came here and I went to college here. We got married right away. We got married in 2007. That was 2007. Um, so that's how I moved here. And then that's how things mm-hmm. started. So I went to college here. I started going to college in Peru, but like I said, we we wanted to be together. So I left everything. I think it was like a little less than two years. I left everything there. And then I moved here and started over here. So I went to college um, in Illinois um, back back in 2000. Well, I started back in 2007. Okay. Illinois is not far from me. It's a neighboring state. So where did oh. you, you go to which college in Illinois? Did you, was it like? Well, I went to the U of I. Okay. U of I. We, we lived in a little town outside of Champaign-Urbana. It, it was called Polono. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived there. And then... Um, we both went to the U of I. Well, I went to a community college first and then he finished school like over there in Illinois. And then we moved to Houston because um, his, his family, like I said, his, his dad was moved around the U.S. because yeah. of projects. So one of them brought him to Houston and we saw a big opportunity here with oil and gas. Um, there was a, a lot of jobs back then. Um, so we moved here and I had to finish my courses online. Um, because we moved here, but yeah, we, we both went to, uh, the university of Illinois. Okay. See, and that's funny too, because the, we have university of Iowa, which we also call U of I. U of I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what'd you, uh, what'd you go to college for? We both did, did, um, business, business administration. Okay. All right. So, it ended up being related to what I did here. Um, to be honest with you, when I, you know, I think it's the case for many kids, you go to college and you're like, okay, what am I supposed to do here? Like, what am I going to go to college for? So business administration seemed like a pretty broad career for me. So I went for it and I liked it, but I don't know if that would have been like my first choice. I even, even now, I don't know why would have been my choice. I mean, I'm happy with what, I did and what it allowed me to do, mm-hmm. but it's hard for like kids, they're kids, like 18 years old, they're kids and they have to decide the rest of their lives <laughs> on that, on that spot, you know. Hey makers. So today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by Alicia Van Osdahl, who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company. Alicia is a maker of all things, really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at Alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. And fun fact, uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting a Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. 
www.thepeopleshow.com. All right, let's get back into the action. Which is insane. And I think, I think as generations have gone, you know, like my mom is the last of like the boomer generation. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, yes, you get a degree or you go straight to work after high school. And like, that's what you do for the rest of your life. You don't change it, you know, nothing like that, where it's like, I'm the first, uh, I'm the first year of the millennials. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm already for like job, job, like, okay, it's time to completely change what I've been doing for the last 20 years and do something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think the millennial generation and on is kind of like, you know, we, we don't want to just pick one thing and stick with it. Um, yes. Yeah, I think part of that is maybe even just as makers is like we enjoy learning constantly. And so then, of course, mm-hmm. you're going to continue to grow um yeah as you learn more so I do wonder though like why not go into um uh party planning and doing that because it sounds like that's something you've been passionate about from like a kid (laughs) you know like I'm particular when it comes to like doing things for myself I have a very hard time asking for help and like going to other people. So I thought, yeah, I don't know, something in me wanted to do something that's just like, like in here, you know, where yeah. I have like all the, like the decision power and all the, I, I don't know, that something in me didn't want to go like out. I was afraid of letting people down if mm-hmm. they didn't like something that I did. So I don't know. I, I, I never took it like completely like big I like I really like to do it like I said for my kids for like my family or like a little get together or an event here in the family but I never like actually considered doing it like as a business and also the thing is that back then I used to work I had a full-time job so I never really thought of like making this into a business so it was only like now that I'm not working now and that I found something new that I thought, okay, maybe like as a content creator, I can start a business. But I never thought of like putting a business, you know, like turning it into a business, even though my husband has always been pushing into like, you need to do this for a living. You're good. And you're, and I'm like, no, no, don't, don't put things on my plate. This is whatever I can do. And that's, that's all. <laughs> so when starting to do DIY at home, and, you know, it started with just a project in your own laundry room. Where did the, when does the, yeah, content creator business part kind of come into play? Okay, so back, let's go back like eight years when I, when I did parties for my, for my daughter. Well, by, back then I only had my, my daughter. Um, I opened, I started a blog. I liked it. Um, just putting it out there it felt like you know like after becoming a mom you kind of lose a little bit of yourself mm-hmm. um into that role so I needed something for me so I had a full-time job but I started a blog where I started like putting my little projects here and there it wasn't anything consistent and that's the thing I closed it like after a few years because I couldn't be consistent with it mm-hmm. I had a job and that was my main focus and then my family was my main focus as well so kind of like the blog took a backseat and I never put any major effort into it, but I uh, kept my Instagram because I opened an Instagram with my blog. That's why my, my, um, my handle is Marite underscore crazy happy casa. That was the name of my blog back then. So I always kept the Instagram because I still wanted to share whatever I did, whatever like little tricks or whatever I did. I like to share with, with people. I thought maybe this can be useful for someone. So that was free. Instagram was free. I kept the Instagram. Um, and then every once in a while, I would post something. And then when I started posting about my bigger DIYs, my, like my woodworking and stuff, that kind of started taking off. So that's how the two of them kind of like married and became what it is now. Okay. Were you aware of this world of like content creation as a job? I was. So like I said, back then when I had my blog, I knew like somehow I found like a couple accounts that started sharing what they made every month 
trying to encourage people to go for it. But like I said, well, I mean, I was like with ads, I was making like pennies every month. So it wasn't worth it for me. I didn't have the time to do it. So I was aware that there was a way to monetize it. By the time I thought it was ads, only ads, um, those ads that you go into a blog and you see like on the side. Yeah. So I was aware that people were making money, but I didn't have the interest or the like an, an interest big enough for me to like look into it and, and like kind of go that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had an idea, but not, I didn't, I didn't know how it was like on the Instagram world. I had no clue of how people like work and like how they made a living out of it. I knew that there was a way, but I didn't know what was that way, you know, like, yeah. um, it was, it was only this year, I would say that I really like took more interest and started like looking and I found a, a, like a group you know, um, of people that are like huge resources, at least uh, for me to learn like the ropes of this whole content creation um, Mm -hmm. job, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's key. And I would say that's something that's really actually pretty great about the DIY and maker spaces is I feel like everybody is good about sharing information and not like keeping it to themselves not like, just hoarding yeah, it <laughs> yeah <clears throat> and so I think that's really awesome because it can help the rest of us who are trying to mm-hmm. make yeah yeah trying to make at least a little bit of money off of this yeah. uh, do you feel like there could become a point like if you you know you continue to grow and um, make more of a living off of it and stuff like do you think at any point that it turns it into too much of a job in the sense of like removes enjoyment from it. The joy. Yeah. I think there's a fine line, you know, like even now that I'm like an itty bitty account, I find myself um, becoming overwhelmed sometimes for once that big projects are not like sustainable. I cannot go around my house and like, knocking out things that are already built to build something new you know so it's not feasible to think that I will be able to live on these like big projects and um make a living out of that 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 what that is one of the things so not not feasible in the sense that I can like make up projects and the other thing is that I really notice that I get tired like I after a big project I want to like shut down, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm an introvert and like, I, I, yes, I'm out there. Like I joke with my husband. I don't know how I became like this person that talks to people on the internet when in real life, I'm like quiet and like <laughs> I'm an introvert. So it's yeah. not like my nature. So that's the other part. I get like tired of like putting all this energy into like big projects. So Usually what I do is like, I just finished my outdoor kitchen right now. I'm focusing on like smaller projects, things that I have to fix around the house. I have like a couple of planters that were like so damaged from the, the sun and the heat. So I'm trying to fix them and just trying to like go into that side one, because it's not, like I said, it's not feasible to work on big projects all the time. And two, because I don't want to get burnt out. Mm-hmm. So I don't think for me, at least, I, I don't, I don't see myself being one of those big account DIYers that go like full blown projects, like all the time. Right. I don't see myself doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm totally, which is funny, you know, that I have like a podcast and I do all kinds of things <laughs> online, but I am totally an introvert. Uh, if you know me in person, um, I mean, my family you know, like my original family of origin, the ones I grew up with, um, Mm -hmm. always joke about that, that if they have like a phone conversation with me or something like that, I talk very little, like I just don't, (laughs) (laughs) I just don't. uh, And, And I am totally happy in the world of going all day without talking to somebody like I'm okay with that. And I think maybe that's what allows me and probably same with for you to like put energy into like a 30 second post, you know, because it's yep. like, I can put a lot of energy into this yes. because what's yes. around me is not taking up this energy at, at the uh-huh. moment. Um, but things like then when I go to conferences, like um, 
workbench con or something like that. It takes me like two weeks to recoup. <laughs> After yeah. all that all of that energy put out, you know, for four straight days. I'm like, I don't want to see anybody, <laughs> talk to anybody. Um, I can totally relate to that. I can I can imagine myself. I've never gone to a conference. Um, but I can imagine myself like trying to like gather energy before the conference to like be able to talk to like a lot of people and then after like I'll probably be okay like talking to people and everything but I can just picture in my mind like the energy that it would take for me to do all of that because that's not in my nature <laughs> so I, I have to make an effort to like be this person be this more like outgoing person and I mean it takes it takes energy from our side but I like it you know like it's not something that I like push myself and then I regret it. I like it, but at the same time, I have to take my time afterward to like recoup and like regain my energy, you know? Yeah. I'm also with you on the whole, like, to be honest, I don't know how the big DIYers like continue to find a big projects to do. <laughs> I really don't yeah. know how they do it. I, and yeah, and, I don't know. I'm like, okay. So at some point you are redoing spaces that you've already done. Like you have to, a mm-hmm. house only has so many rooms in it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I think. That's when they buy a new house. <laughs> but I'm like, I would almost cry if I had put so much energy into that room once already. And then it's like, yeah, then go back it over it again. Um, but I've, and I've said this on the podcast before, our home still looks like we just moved in yesterday. It is not decorated at all. And, uh, <laughs> We've lived here for like eight years. So that's our design style. It just doesn't exist. Um, So much so that, you know, our eight-year-old is like, really, people, what design style is going on here? (laughs) Well, you know, my my house, we've, we've been living here for like five, six years. And I would I wouldn't say it's not decorated, but I would say that the other part is that my style has changed over the years. So there are parts of the of the house that I see that I like or that I I still like, but at the same time I know that I want to do something else with it. And the other part is like we bought this house, we built this house with a builder, of course, but we built this house. So it's not like an old house that I wanna take down a wall and like fix it. No way. Like this is a fairly new house that I I just like whatever I want to do is mainly cosmetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about like knocking walls and like redoing a whole room, that's kind of like, that's not for me. Yeah. I Right now we're focused on like, let's pick an aesthetic and pick a room <laughs> and yeah. go from there. Um, but then I struggle because like my account is total, is not a DIY account like at all. Mm-hmm. And actually for the most part, whenever we've had big projects at the house, we've hired it um, because that's not my skill set. You know, there is a difference between like woodworking and construction. (laughs) There's a big difference and the skills don't necessarily transfer over. Oh Um, yeah. They, they not, they don't overlap sometimes. Well, and sometimes it's like things that you want to have a professional look into it, you know, like I don't feel comfortable doing like big projects where I know that I could mess up something that's important for the integrity of the house so no way I'm gonna get into that yeah there's definitely still definitely still stuff that like like electrical I'm always gonna hire somebody for that just because I'm super nervous about messing it up and like accidentally burning the house down because I messed (laughs) something up So oh, I've been there. I've been there when uh, when we were doing the the patio, the the outdoor kitchen project. Um, one of the things that I had to do was um, I wanted to add a mini fridge, like a beverage mm-hmm. fridge, and I didn't have. Well, I had an outlet, but it wasn't where I needed it to be, so we had to move it. So we brought an electrician, and he said that it was like two three hundred, but he like okay, if you, if you can do this, like within so many days, I can, I can do it for 250. So I was like, oh, 250 is a big number to add to a project, you know? So my husband, he's the biggest like hype man. He was like, I know we can do this. It's not, I mean, it's it's adding an outlet. And I was like, oh, I'm nervous, but you're going to help me. 
I said, you're going to, I'm not going to do this by myself. He's like, okay. After work, we tackled it. And of course it took us like half a day. It, it would have been probably like a couple hour job for the electrician, but we didn't, he, he knew what he, my husband knew what he was doing, but he doesn't do this all the time, you know? Right. So it took us like the whole afternoon, but we finally did it. We saved like $250, but now after doing that, I was like, okay, I know why they charge, what they charge. This was a lot of work. <laughs> so I'm not doing anything else other than like adding an outlet or like changing a light picture. Right. Those things I can do, but going into like more than that, no way. That's for the yeah. That's, yeah, I can that's change, professional. I can change a light fixture, you know, that I feel comfortable with. Um, and we've started doing that because our house was built. Our house was actually built the year I was born. So it's 40 years old and <laughs> it's, it still looks 40 years old. Like everything still looks <laughs> like 1980s. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so we've started changing <laughs> with the light fixtures because it's like what I call like not trying to be crass, but like the boob fixtures where it's like, you know, yes, I know, I know what you're talking about. I know I am looking at one right now. So. <laughs> so I'm like, no, let's, let's at least change some of those out and get, plus get like led lights and stuff like that. Be more, you know, yeah. economically conscious and environmentally yeah. friendly and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Of course. So where are you looking or where are you hoping? I know you touched on it. Like, you know, you had a big project and then kind of do some smaller stuff, but what are you like, what's, what's the vision for your, for you as a content creator? So, well, I have two things. One, the, the thing that I, that I mentioned before that I want to show people, not only people, but women that we can do, like I said, we can do hard things. Um, and then also a big part of my account, I don't know if you, if you've noticed, but I translate all my content, all my stories. Yep. Because like big part of my uprising was that my, my Latin American culture that is very stereotypical, you know, like, mm -hmm. like the gender roles are very accentuated in like, you're a woman, you like, you do woman things, you know? Mm -hmm. And no, for me, <laughs> that doesn't go, you know, like I, I, I can do hard things. I can do man things. I can, you know, I can do anything that I can put my mind into. So a big part of that is showing, that's why I translate my content because it's, it really started um, mainly for my friends and family that like when my account was smaller and they're like, oh, I mean, like, I want to know what you're doing, but I don't understand English. Mm. So I started translating for them. And then all of a sudden I found like this new group of people that really appreciated me translating everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's funny. Um, because, you know, when I learned like all this DIY and woodworking, I learned everything in English, even though Spanish is my first language, or you probably can tell that I have an accent. Um, even though Spanish is my first language, I learned everything I know in English. So you can find me like almost every day Googling how to say um, miter saw in Spanish because I don't know, like yeah. I know Spanish, but I don't know woodworking Spanish. So it's funny because I always apologize to my audience. I'm sorry if I like translated something wrong or uh -huh, translated yeah. something that it wasn't really the exact word. I'm trying my best, but I'm Googling my way through like all the, the words in Spanish regarding like DIY. Well, I'm even so, thinking like the way that woodworking is taught in English, like the sentence structure is different mm -hmm. than the sentence structure yeah. of Spanish. So like, <laughs> I can imagine even just trying to maybe, even if you, it's hard to find like that term yes. <laughs> in Spanish. It like, is hard. Like the, the terms around that term of like how to use it probably can be a little bit, mm -hmm. have to find how do you um, describe this a little bit. Yeah. And not only that, but on top of it, you have the fact that a lot of countries in South America use different words for the same thing. So I'm like, oh, I just hope I'm making sense. If I'm not making sense, just let me know, email me or DM me or whatever so I can explain it to you. Because I want to show these people, not only here, but also there in Latin America, that these things are doable. And that's part of the things that, that's part, that's part of the reason why I like to keep my content balance between like big projects and like smaller ones 
because sometimes it's not feasible for them over there. They don't have like the same tools. They don't have the same materials. They don't have the stores that sell these things to regular people. So I want to mix it up and make sure that I, that I, that I do things that they can do as well, you know, like fixing something smaller or like, I don't know, like, you know, things that they can do. Mm-hmm. So I see myself growing this way, not only like tackling the big projects, one, because like I said, it's not feasible for me. I, I, I'll, I'm going to get burned out. And then because I want my audience to see myself doing things that they can replicate. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to be able to build this big outdoor kitchen, then I mean, I don't want to show them things that, okay, it's nice, but I, I'm never going to be able to do that. So I see myself growing this way with like a balanced mix of like content, both big and small. Yeah. I mean, it's only empowering if they can actually access it to become. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Because then it becomes boring seeing someone do things over and over. But okay, I'll never be able to do that. I don't want to be that person. I want to be something like my account to be something different encouraging but also like I said something that they can replicate and do and like take as an example yeah so I mean you you know bringing up I guess a little bit about the the um the cultural piece around like the the cultural norms of gender norms um -hmm. um, I'm just curious like it doesn't sound like it you know your mom saying you oh if you put your mind to it you do it um but was there any surprise like from you know your not really (laughs) yeah (laughs) no no in my family I mean I I I feel like I was very lucky to be brought up in in this environment that I was like always encouraged to do whatever I thought I like if I thought I could do it then yeah put, put yourself into it and you'll be able to do it I was I always felt like my parents and my family believed I could do things. So I wasn't talking about my family in specific, but around the the culture itself, you know, like, it's like, I I do hear, oh my God, she's doing that. I I can't believe she's doing that. I mean, she's, she's a woman. She has kids, you know, like I hear those things, even though it, it doesn't come from my family. I know that that's kind of like the mindset in, in, in Latin America. And I mean, luckily it's changing now. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to see that, but I'm also part of like I want to be that that person that shows that it can be done. You know, mm-hmm. that that's one of those examples of like, oh, this can be done, and doesn't continue with like the typical stereotypes. I want to be that like rule breaker and do things that mm-hmm. are not like quote unquote yeah. meant to be yeah. for women. You know. <laughs> Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, And also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout. If you enter the code MAKERMOM, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I guess I don't know this. Have you gone back into doing any like a uh, blog type of work? With no, it? I've been thinking about it. You know, I, I've thought about starting a blog again, but I don't want to put too much on my plate right now. Like I have my kids, I have like Instagram itself. It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping <laughs> up with the whole, with the whole content creation. It's a lot of work. Um, I do have a Pinterest account and I'm seeing like more traction there. I'm, I'm seeing people asking things there like uh, DMing me or making comments there. So I kind of direct because most of my content is on um, Instagram. I try to direct them into my Instagram account because they'll find more answers there. Sometimes I don't have the time to go into Pinterest and answer all the questions. So I try to like say, oh, hey, I saved all the details in this uh, highlight on my Instagram account. 
So just thinking about those two, it's a lot of work. I've been thinking about opening um, a blog again. But like I said, I don't know, maybe once my youngest is in school, mm-hmm. maybe I'll have more time, but I don't know yet. Right now, I feel like my plate is pretty full trying to learn everything. So I think once that settles a little bit and I have kind of like a routine, then maybe. Yeah, I was just, I guess, thinking, you know, and I don't, you know, I I don't know this because I don't, personally, I don't follow pretty much any blogs because that's just not Mm -hmm. my, um, I don't do well digesting information from reading it. So that's not what Mm -hmm. I go for. But um, just like you're translating on Instagram, I guess my thought was like, if you had um, your blog with your projects laid out in both English and um, Spanish, yeah, be another, I guess, good resource for, because I don't know if that's out there, like the dual. That is a very good point. I'm taking notes right here. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. See, now you're giving me advice. Um, No, that's a great point. I didn't even think of it. And you know, like, for example, one of the things that I have like a, I don't know, like mixed feelings about is translating, for example, my captions on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I don't do that because there's an option. You you can you can scroll to the bottom of the caption and translate and it translates it for you. Now they came up with that feature in stories, but I don't like it that much. Um I like to like because sometimes it translates things like different, especially because I would do more of my content is on stories rather than the feed. Um I I find it easier for my audience to read it from me. Um, as opposed to like clicking on yeah. the translate, it's, it's more steps for them. Like if they want to find something, they'll have to go to like the top and click on the translate button, and then it, it opens up. So I want to make things easier for them. So I I would I would say that it would be if if I did open a blog, I would say it would be easier for them to see it from me. But I really I hadn't even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Would you say like do you know the mix of like? Um... Spanish versus English speaking, like the ratio is, you know, of people who follow you? Um, I would say right now it's like 70, 30, but it, 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 it used to be higher, like higher, more people speaking Spanish. Like it used to be like 60, 460 English and 40 Spanish. But recently I've noticed that the English speakers um, audience has has grown. I don't know if it's because like some of my projects on Pinterest, um, some of the pins have gone a little bit viral, I would say, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have moved into Instagram. But I've noticed that my um, the ratio has kind of like decreased. The, the ratio of Spanish speak- speakers have has decreased. Now there's the other part of like the dual language. I find a lot of people there that are English speakers, but come from Hispanic mm-hmm. households. So they they um, identify themselves as English speakers, but they also speak Spanish. So I don't know if that kind of like has moved I bet that my would, balance yeah, a little bit. I, I bet that would be a mix in there. I guess the reason I was asking is because I was thinking to myself, and I would understand if you're looking at it like, well, you know, only 30%, but probably more realistically, you are getting people who are, bilingual um yeah who are following you is like why not do the stories in spanish and make people like myself have to go up and hit the translate button (laughs) yeah that's a good point and the reason why i didn't start doing that is going back to my translation like i didn't i don't like yeah yes so (laughs) i would have to stop myself mid-sentence and go google how do you say that and then continue that that's the main reason why um I don't speak Spanish when I'm I'm doing this because I I don't know so it's easier for me to record the story and then go back and when I'm putting the captions go google and then write it down you know than when I'm speaking yeah because then it would take me forever (laughs) that makes sense that makes sense um but yeah, I think, I mean, I, I know, you know, there's a couple other um, um, bilingual DIYers that I follow and with, um, you know, some kind of Latin America or, you know, from um, South America or somewhere. 
<laughs> that they that they came from and i think though they do almost all of their content in english um only occasionally do they do that so i think you know that's um I'd say a smart business move, if nothing else, on your part <laughs> to look at doing both. Um, and I think that's like, I think that's breaking ground in the sense of like empowering and a, a people in a, a who may still be in a space where it's not seen as okay, um, mm-hmm. you know, for them to do quote unquote man's work. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think you could have gotten into this staying in Peru? Like you said, the materials could be different and the tools being different and stuff like that. It, would you have had access to all of that? I I think I would be able, um, maybe, maybe not to the extent that I'm doing right now. There are some things that are available. I mean, I, I know I can find like different types of stuff and different types of materials, but not to the extent that Mm-hmm. I do here like I can go to Lowe's or Home Depot and find like all the variety of materials and and tools and I I don't think it would have been the same over there mm-hmm. you know or over here if you go to those stores you can find like a contractor like a professional yeah, yeah. going to the same store that you are I don't think it would be the same over there you know yeah you so maybe I would be able to do some DIYs yeah you yeah meant- go ahead I'm sorry you mentioned something about like them not being able to go to certain stores there. So is there, it's like, if you're a contractor, only contractors can go into those type of spaces. Well, no, I, I meant that if you go to the store, not being able, meaning that not being able to find the same things at the store. Oh, gotcha. I don't think there's, there's like stores specifically for okay. contractors. Um, but I, but I was saying it in the meaning that you wouldn't be able to find um, the same materials or the same, Gotcha. tools for um, those type of things. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so continuing down, I guess you're going to try to grow, continue to grow that um, element. Uh, do you have plans for uh, going to any of the conferences that are kind of coming up? I would love to. I don't know if it's in the cards right now. Um, maybe as I, I grow a little bigger, I might consider going, like, I said, like, I have to find a balance room, you know, right now it's like mostly out of pocket that I'm doing everything, everything out of pocket, you know, I'm not making a lot of money per se. Um, so maybe once I start seeing that balance and I can like actually can afford from my own business to go instead of just reaching into my personal pocket and paying for everything, maybe then I'll, uh, I would like consider going to this, um, to this type of events and, and investing more into it as I get more from it. Are you connected with um, community like DIY and woodworking community there in Houston? Not yet. I've seen a couple, I know a couple of, um, a couple of people, a couple of DIYers here. I haven't connected yet. And I think it was mainly because like this year has been, last year and this year has been weird, you know, with the pandemic and everything. Um, but I think I would love to start connecting, connecting with more people over here, you know, like meeting them in real life and like feeling like you're not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. I'm not, I know I'm not inventing the wheel, but like meeting them in real, in real life and like connecting over that. I think that's pretty cool. I would love to do that. So maybe in the next month, maybe um, beginning in the new year, as things get better. I think it will be easier for me to say, okay, I think I'm ready to go out and meet these people in real life. Yeah. So I, I, I can't wait for the, for the pandemic to be over and just like <laughs> going back to normal life and being able to go out without thinking about that, you know? Yeah, I know for sure there's a pretty strong um, woodworking community in, um, in Houston area. But it's funny, like I know, you know, a ton of people through Instagram, I can't name a single person in my local. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and you know what? A lot of the times you know them by their handle. Yeah. And then when it comes to, you know, this person, I'm like, no, I don't know who that is. Oh, it's 
this and that, like the name of the handle. Yeah. Oh, I know who that person yes. is, you know? <laughs> that becomes our identity that yeah. we kind of forget what the real names are. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's, it's, it's funny, right? It's sad, you know, because we are real people. Like, we are not just like this Instagram handle. <laughs> but yeah, it, it happens to me too. <laughs> yes, yes. And maybe it's a, a bit of that introvert too, right? Like, oh, I have to go meet people in real life. <laughs> easier to put the well, energy together the energy <laughs> i can relate to that 100 percent. it's funny because my husband is kind of like the extrovert of the relationship so we balance each other he's always pushing me to like go for it talk to people um email people or dm people or reach out to this brand and i'm like no just let me be let me be like small for a second you know like let me <laughs> let me enjoy this like smallness for now because then if it gets big it's, it's gonna be overwhelming for me so it's a good balance he's always pushing me like for the longest time i didn't want to show my face on instagram if you scroll back all the way to like early last year or even be- before that i didn't show my face i wasn't in stories like my stories we're only showing like what my eyes saw. I didn't like showing my face or, or talking or anything. And he was one of the people pushing me. You need to show your face. You know, you need to like show them who you are. And I'm like, oh, okay. Just like being like in the shadows, just like not talking to people. But he was right because that's how you connect. Like that's like the, the, the personal aspect of it is what lets you connect with like the people on the, on the other side of the screen. So that's how I started um, talking to the camera. And I guess it, it, it was weird at the beginning. It still is sometimes to like talk to myself on the phone, like there's no one there, you know? Right. So it's weird, but I, I understand the part of it that let, that lets you interact with your audience, you know? Yep. And the other part for me was the, the English side. You know, I speak English. I, I went to college here. Clearly I worked. So it lets me communicate, but I was, I've been always um, not afraid. I would say conscious of my accent. You know, I don't know why it sh- I shouldn't be. I know I shouldn't be, but I'm always like, oh, what if I say something wrong, wrong? Or what if I pronounce it wrong? Or what if I, I don't know. What if they don't understand me? I don't know. It's something that was always inside of me that, I, I mean, I, I just have to embrace it and know that my accent is part of me and mm-hmm. it is what it is. You get the DIY with the accent. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I've um, honestly, as somebody, you know, I grew up speaking English. I'm, you know, as like white bread America as you probably can get. Um, <laughs> and so like I, it, it took until like, I guess being, more exposed to not everybody looking like myself um, <clears throat> that I learned like you know now I have some some good friends that are like English as a, a second language they grew up speaking Spanish in the home and like didn't even learn any English until they started going to like you know school here mm-hmm. um, and so I take for granted sometimes they'll be like I don't know the English word for what I'm trying to say, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, Oh, like I, you know, and, and sometimes I'm, I guess not as aware of my ignorance all the time and it, but now I'm trying to be more, I try to be more conscious of that. Um, to know, like, if I get a blank stare from something I say going, okay, obviously like, there's a different <laughs> word for this in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm right there. I'm, I'm one of those people who will sometimes like just stare at the person and I'm like, I, I'm too shy to say anything, but maybe I'll go back later on and like Google it and <laughs> see what it meant. <laughs> Well, you can, you can trust with me. You can just tell me you can, if we're ever, you know, having a conversation, you can be like, Katie, I do not understand what you were talking about. Uh, <laughs> and I won't take it as anything. <laughs> and, um, well, and you know what? That's the beauty of the captions, you know, like I feel like sometimes because I speak fast and I speak with an accent, there, there will be some words that won't be like, yeah fully understandable so I think that helps even that's why I do it in both languages because even though I speak in English I still want for the people that listen with I mean look at the stories without listening like without the audio 
And then even for the people that are listening and then maybe didn't understand what I said, that that's why the captions are there. So it's that that's why I do it in both languages. I know I could like click on the like the caption, um, yeah, button, but even then, that would probably misunderstand some of the words I would say. <laughs> I was gonna say I know it does it to me, even like if I you know I just put the captions on there, uh-huh. and most of the time I don't take the time to look through and like correct, and I go ahead and just post the story with it, and I'm like, what? in yeah. the world is that word that it's coming up with for what I just said <laughs> yeah so you can't imagine that happens to me I'm right sure now. I'm sure it happens a lot I can imagine anybody with an accent probably um yeah that AI just doesn't hasn't been trained to recognize that oh yeah <laughs> yeah um, all right, so we're at the end of our time together. So I want to make sure that I give you a chance to, again, let people know how they can find you and follow along with you. Well, you can find me at Marite, M-A-R-I-T-E. I know that's sometimes hard to like know how to spell that. <laughs> underscore Crazy Happy Casa. That's my my handle. Like I say, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll open a blog anytime soon, but I'm just hoping to grow that community to like keep encouraging people that we, we can do, we can do these things. We can do things that we didn't even know. We didn't even imagine we could put ourselves into. So just, um, I don't know. I just love, love being able to be that person that's showing that we can do this hard thing. So yeah, follow me on there. Just let me know if you have any questions and you get the accent too. <laughs> well and you'll be able to learn some spanish because you, right. you'll be able to see both both um the same phrase so i try, I try to make my phrases as like close uh, possible that I you can yeah. like the, the translation i mean yep awesome so, yeah okay well i'm gonna attempt not to butcher it marite marite Marite. Action in the E. <laughs> Marite. You know, I've been working, well, I, I worked in corporate for yeah. several years. And, you know, I saw a lot of suppliers and it was always a new one. I, to be honest with you, I didn't really care if they said Marite or Marite or I, I, it didn't, it didn't matter to me because I know that they were, they were making an effort to say my name. Yes. Um, it's okay. Marite, Marite. <laughs> they bore, I, I'll understand that you're calling my name okay <laughs> good good um well Marite thank you so much for thank you thank you to to be honest with you Katie I was afraid of doing this because <laughs> I don't know because of the introverting me because of the accent because I don't know I was like I was nervous so now it was it was a good time I had a good time good awesome <laughs> amazing all right so again that was marite of crazy happy casa i will include the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for today and you say show notes katie how do i find the show notes well i am here to tell you how to find the show notes just check out the description um, in the podcast app that you're listening to this on or if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, check the description box down below. And yet still, you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast and find today's episode as well as all the previous episodes over there. And if that's just not enough options for you, well, even if it is enough options for you, also head on, please head on over to Instagram and follow along with the podcast at Crafting a Revolution over there. Um, you will see that I, you know, put stuff up whenever there is a new episode out. And on occasion, when I find myself with some time, I also do some other stuff over there, like polling, crazy fun stuff like that. Um. So yeah, that leads me into when I'm not making podcast episodes, you can find me uh, designing, making, power carving, dancing, general shenanigans over at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings pretty much across all the social media platforms. I'm active on a daily basis, pretty much always on Instagram at Freeman Furnishings and an almost daily basis over on TikTok at Freeman Furnishings. And of, as of late, I've also been trying to hit up the shorts over on YouTube. So you can check me out over there too at Freeman Furnishings. 
All right, halfway through the week, hump day. I hope you all are having a fantastic week so far. And as always, let's go craft a revolution. Pollution for the toxic masculinities. Pollution is the constant evolution. Oh.